Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Chapter 4 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Back to the Burrow. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive, and we wanted to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be Black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? We are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a Black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, you can check out blackgirlscreate.org for the guidelines. Love our blog, love Wither Team, have a few extra galleons lying around, consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording the Wither Team episodes, and Patroni will have access to get those videos. For $5 a month, you can get video uh, the Tuesday before the episode drops, and for $10 or more a month, you can get a link to watch us record live and an invite to a chat room so we can hear your thoughts live as we record. Um, if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, to do so, or even if you do, um, rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, and any other place that you can rate and review us. Um, if you would, main, yeah, just do it. It takes like two seconds. Yeah. Y'all love us. Super easy. Super easy. Also, subscribe to our newsletter. Most weeks we share nerd news linked to what's been going on and what's been exciting us in the world of nerd media and fandom and all things awesome and fun. And something's there's not. There's an Inhumans TV show that's about to drop next year. I'm very excited what? about that. I'm not, I'm not sure if they're replacing it with the movie that was supposed to happen, but that mm. was just some news but that came mm. out a couple days ago when y'all, the rest of y'all, were listening to it. Listening to but it today. <laughs> um, yeah. So things like that. It's not just about Harry Potter, though. We usually do have Harry Potter stuff. Um, and sometimes it's not great news, but we feel like it's important that you know that. But most of the time we try to be positive and it's just the stuff that made us excited in the week. So yeah, you can go to blackgirlscreate.org to subscribe to our newsletter. You can also go to tinyletter.com slash blackgirlscreate. Yep. Follow us on all the social medias. Um, we Black and Nerds on Twitter, Black Girls Create, everywhere else. We are not on Snapchat yet. Oh my God. Do we have to be on Snapchat? I don't know. It takes up a lot of space on your phone, a lot of data, and all of your battery. So I just feel like I'm just, I'm just old and like I'm ornery. So. I, same, and I also just yeah. I'm you're not. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're not old. I'm old. I am. I am. No, you're no. 22. I'm old, I'm old at heart. I'm that is true. Heart. That is very true. However, in practice, you're not old at all. So. I mean, that's cute or whatever, but nah, I'm old. I'm still don't, still don't want a Snapchat. Still don't want a Snapchat. That's fine. We just have, we just have to give it to somebody. Kara. Yeah. <laughs> we should give. <laughs> she's not a. She's not nerdy. Nearly nerdy enough. Yeah, um, you just see lots of filters. Yeah. Butterfly. If only four-year-olds could Snapchat. Filters. 
<laughs> Aminata would take over that. Should do it though. I was I was at a conference and they were talking about how you can really get left behind if you try to be like a stick in the mud and you're like either a like that technology is not going to stick around or I'm too old to do that and no, then I mean, all of a sudden I'm literally I've tried and I think if it was like for the blog we could probably figure it out. I had one for like a hot second. And, like, I just don't – it's the same thing with, like, Instagram. I don't take a lot of pictures on Instagram anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just, like, I just won't use it. Yeah. It's not, like – you know what I mean? It's more just – at least at this moment, I just wouldn't use it. Um, I, had, I was so hanging out like, with my friends no this past weekend, and they were talking about a funny snap. As the kids call it, they just call it snap. They were talking about a funny snap that one of my friends did. And he was like, oh, you must have seen it. And I was like, I'm not on Snapchat. And they're like, what? I was like, when I was on Snapchat, all you guys did was take a picture of me when I wasn't looking and drop penises on my face and or other people's face. And it was just a lot of snaps of people I know with penises drawn on their face. And I was like, once you've seen one penis. What else can you do? Like, sometimes there's different colors. They're neon or whatever. But I'm like, once you've seen a penis on a face, joke is old. So yeah, that's true. All right. Um, let's- okay, anyway, join our Wizard Team Facebook group as well. Because um, that's a fun thing that we do. We talk about Harry Potter on Facebook. So you should you should look for that group and you should join it. So, like, I just want to shout out the Facebook group because we've had, you know, some tough, rough times. And it's been, it's nice to go into a group and like just have support and also just be like, I just want to talk about Harry Potter stuff with my friends and not let any of that other stuff get in the way, which is difficult to do when you're on Twitter, because I don't know if you're like me and the people that you follow and you're a news junkie. I just want to go on Twitter and talk like Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and I'm just like inundated with like sadness and misery, but I can just go to Facebook Look at the group. Which is ironic. Why is that ironic? <laughs> that not, the book, not the group, but that you go to Facebook instead of Twitter when you want uh, happy things. Yeah, that's true. Super that's, ironic. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, that's I, the reality I, of our lives. 2016 has turned everything upside down. <laughs> also, um, rest in peace, Gwen Eiffel. This... We record on Mondays, and I just found that out. And that 2016 needs to go somewhere and die. Like, just be over. Just, I'm done with you. Officially, if anyone watches RuPaul's Drag Race, officially, I'm over it. Okay. Let's dive into what's going on in the Wizard Team verse. Um, So they are... We have our own verse. So, um, it's been confirmed that Dumbledore is going to be in Fantastic Beasts, um, 2, and they are in the process of looking for their actor. Um, that's, oh God. He plays old really well, even though he's got a really young face. He's professorial and silly. I don't know that he's old enough. I don't think he's old enough. Who cares? He just got off playing a 900 year old, 1200 year old. That's not the same. And he did it. You know it's not the same. Greatly. But it's okay. Um, okay. He looks like... Well, it can't be David Tennant. He looks like Eddie Redmayne's little brother. So that seems like... Not in a bad way. I just mean like he can't then play somebody who's 30 years older than him. 
Colin Firth needs to be in the Potterverse. I also know some people that went to the New York premiere and like, fine, whatever. That must be nice for you. And they were talking and, you know, the cast was there and J.K. Rowling was there. And I mean, whatever. Great. But anyway, they were talking about how it's like their favorite. Someone, one, some, one person that I really like and respect and highly respect their Potter opinion said it was their favorite Harry Potter mm. film. And said, don't at me, or whatever. It was like, I'm not even, it's my favorite. Okay, so let's, and I was let's like, say, that's can you not do that? That's, that's interesting. And I want to put a cap in that because we will have our thoughts yeah. recorded on those things. And so we don't want to go into a full day. But I will say that I could believe that since it's not an adaptation of a book. So there's no pressure that's to what include I, all of these yeah. things. And so then... Um, and I, uh, that's kind of what she was hinting yeah. at, but I was also so like... I, I could see that. Doing a very good job so far of keeping my expectations in check, mm-hmm. but then to have, like, fans whose opinions... But you know what? There were lots of people who loved The Cursed Child. That thing. So, we'll just say that and leave that there. And we have no magical birthdays this week. There aren't a lot of November birthdays, but in December we have like Hella, so it's cool. Yeah, she kind of clumps them together though. Have you noticed that? Like yeah, there will be yeah. like a time where it's like we got three birthdays in one week mm-hmm. and then like, I don't think we have one on November. On we had Sirius. Oh. Um and I, man. I think and then we have Bill in a couple of weeks brother-in-law but that's basically December because it's like the last like you know what I mean um but yeah so yeah they're not that many in November um so yeah let's let's get on to the chapter um I don't think it's like a very long chapter no it's pretty quick yeah um so this is chapter four back to the borough um previously on wizard team uh, Harry, one, the Dursleys are on a diet because um, Dudley has gotten too big and doesn't, um, and yeah, so basically like he can't fit into the clothes that they provided at school or something. And so the nurse who is not a licensed nutritionist um, t- just gave them a list of stuff that so they're just eating fruit and they went raw, basically. They're going raw mm-hmm. for um, a summer. And because of that, everybody's kind of on edge and has bad bad attitude. Um, and Mrs. Weasley sent a letter to the Dursleys asking um, if Harry could stay with um, with them for the rest of the summer and go to the Quidditch World Cup. So that's happening. And now Harry is getting ready for um, ready to leave. So uh, by twelve o'clock the next day, Harry's school trunk was packed with his school things and all his most prized possessions. Um, Invisibility cloak, broomstick, uh, Marauder's map. The one thing, I'm, because he says it's like all his trunk was packed, and I'm, and maybe like his broomstick is just on the side or something. something. Mm-hmm. But it was weird the way that it was couched in there, that it was like in his trunk. Maybe but at this point, descent, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, it's like at this point, maybe him or Hermione have been able to do that, or he got someone else or Weasley to do it. I just wanted to point out that that. Is those are his most prized possessions. And one that is like so different from who I am. I was about to say who I was at that age, but no, who I am full stop. Because um, I had to call my dad up here to help me clean out my apartment once. I remember that. And yeah, because I 
everything is my favorite thing. Every, and he was like, can you give this toy to Aminata? And I was like, no. He was like, but when's the last time? It's just sitting here. No, that's mine. Matt doesn't mean, yes, it means everything to me. And he's like, when's the last time you wore this shirt? I don't know, but someone gave it to me. And that's rude. You don't throw away gifts. Who gave you the shirt, Robin? I don't know. Someone? I wouldn't buy that shirt. That shirt is ugly. Get rid of the shirt, Robin. Mm-hmm. That's rude, Dad. That was a gift. So I don't know what that means. I don't, either I'm a hoarder or Harry is just like very minimalist. Or maybe a little bit of both. I think you're a hoarder. Or he hoarder. just doesn't have that much. He also doesn't have a lot of stuff. And but... Yeah, like Dudley has enough that he can throw his PlayStation out of the window in a temper tantrum. And like, yeah, he's regretting it now, but he knows he'll get another one. And he's just like, invisibility cloak, which yes, comes from his father. Also, like, I love the like ties to his favorite mm-hmm. things. Invisibility cloak from his father, broomstick from his godfather, marauder's mount from his godfather, uncle, father, and the Weasley twins. <laughs> and that rat bastard that we don't talk about. Um, we don't need to talk about him. Um, okay. Um, so he emptied his hiding place under the loose floorboard of all food, which was good looking out. At first I was like, good looking out. And then I was like, well, no, nah, because you don't want to come back. And then your room Rats smells and stuff like... all up in your yeah. room. He double-checked every nook and cranny of his bedroom for forgotten things and uh, or took down... Uh, the chart on the wall counting down the days to September 1st. Um, and then he was ready to go. The atmosphere inside number four Privet Drive was extre- extremely tense. The in- imminent arrival of their house. Sorry, I can't read today. Um, the imminent arrival at their house of an assortment of wizards making was making the Dursleys uptight and irritable. Uncle Vernon looked downright alarmed when Harry informed him that the Weasleys would be arriving at five o'clock the very next day. I hope you told them to dress properly, these people, he snarled at once. I've seen the sort of stuff you, your lot wear. They'd better have the decency to put on normal clothes. That's all. Um, yeah, it's really funny because it's very clear from the beginning that no one expects this to go well. Like, it's not, like, that's out of the question. It's absolutely yeah. going to be terrible. We already know this. And then it's like, cool. <laughs> um so Harry, I think it's funny though because we all know the Dursleys are going to Dursley, but you would just think in terms of like human curiosity and like how nicely Molly's how nice Molly's letter was. I guess you know what that like never mind, never mind. <laughs> I just I I I was just like you know that thing when you're not a bigot yeah. and you get to know no. someone, no. and then I was, as I was talking, I was like never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think also, like, the point of this um, is to kind of, like, demonstrate, like, how opposite. And, like, we did a whole, like, bonus episode on, like, the Weasleys and the Malfoys, which I don't actually remember what we talked about in that episode. I should go back and listen to it. <laughs> but um, we talked about, like, how they were opposites and very different. But I think in this particular moment, it's much more, like, Weasleys and... Well, I think with Weasleys and Malfoys, more like their rivals, um, whereas, like, Dursleys and Weasleys are much more opposite. So it's, like, the family Harry likes and the family... Or not that he likes, but the family that accepts him and the one that doesn't and, like, the ones that are super mm-hmm. not um, magical and then the ones that are. And, like, there's a, it's a small family versus, like, this huge family. Like, family. there's just a lot of different, like... Um, like just different juxtaposition from like each thing is like very different. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that that's true. I think that with 
the Malfoys and the Weasleys when we were talking about that. And again, I probably should go back and listen to that bonus episode as well. It was, it reminded me more of like Sirius and Severus where it's like two sides of the same coin sort of like how your paths diverge, even though you have basically the same input in society. But here is, it's literally like, I don't like when people say comparing apples to oranges because I'm like, they're both fruit. (laughs) So, but like, it's like comparing apples to like, tires okay <laughs> you know what i mean sure. <laughs> there's no there's like they they come from completely different backgrounds they don't have they come from completely different societies mm-hmm. there's really no common ground between the weasleys and the dursleys that is very telling to me about their reactions to each other as well which we'll we'll get to but off like right away the dursleys are very standoffish and they don't want this to happen and they're very like they're anxious and irritable Mm -hmm. and knowing the Weasleys and knowing Arthur in particular like they're excited they're going this like they're going to a new country they're gonna go like meet a whole new life form you know what I mean and like how do they live what do they do what is their lives like and they're very interested and intrigued and I think Going back to my whole, like, the bigotry thing is the type of person who knows that there's someone completely different than them and that doesn't scare them or what is the word I'm looking for? Like, it's not a threat to them. It's not threatening to them. It's more of a, like, here's an opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that those are completely different ways to view the world. And I hope that I am of the, oh, a new person. Here's an opportunity to get to know a new. I mean, I went to a freaking squirrel fry for, I am that person, whatever. Let's move on. Okay. Um, so Harry wasn't bothered about what the neighbors would think, but he was anxious about how rude the Dursleys might be to the Weasleys if they turned up looking like their worst idea of wizards. Um, Uncle Vernon put his best suit on um, because he wanted to look impressive and intimidating. Dudley, on the other hand, looked somehow diminished. This was not because of the diet, um, but due to the but due to fright, Dudley had emerged from his last encounter with a fully grown wizard with a curly pig's tail poking out of the seat of his trousers and Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon had to pay for the removal at the private hospital in London. Um, It wasn't altogether surprising, therefore, that Dudley kept running his hands nervously over his backside and walking sideways from room to room so as not to present the same target to the enemy. Um, So this isn't as funny as it was when I was reading it as a kid. Yeah. Like, not at all. It was sad. It was sad Yeah, it was sad. And then I, like, kind of thought back to... And I mean, I guess, like... And I think also the context is a little bit different, right? So, like, when we're... Again, I haven't listened to this episode in a long time, but um, when Hagrid came... um, I think I'm pretty sure we, like, talked about how that was kind of, like, unnecessary for him to like give Dudley the pig's tail in that moment but compared to like the past three chapters before that how we'd seen how um how Dudley like was treating Harry it seemed a little bit more um like justified you know what I mean it was like oh he's been doing something bad and like he's been bullying Harry so he finally gets his comeuppance versus in this moment um we don't really get like Dudley hasn't been doing anything he's been struggling with this he's been suffering he's been like being like he's been starved (laughs) um and now he has these wizards coming and he's has like this um like Portia just said like uh PTSD and he's like terrified and so that's not really funny it's just like that's kind of unfortunate that's his only kind of like experience that he had with like a wizard that's not Harry and then now he has to like 
come into contact with them. And yeah, I don't know. It's just not. Yeah. And I, I wrote about it in my Harry Potter and Scented Adolescence piece. And I've talked about it a lot before. Because with Hagrid too, even reading it, rereading it, like you said, it was justified, but I still felt like it wasn't as funny to me in this reread as it, as it has been in the past either. Because I was like, that's not your place mm-hmm. too. Like, and being, I guess now in the position where I've been responsible for a young person, even though it's not full time or whatever, but like when someone tries to say something to Ami and it's me and her, I'm like, who are you? What are you doing? Don't, you know what I mean? Or like, I get very... And I think that you don't feel, you feel like even that, even in reading it, rereading it this time, I felt like Hagrid, that's not your place, but I didn't feel like, I didn't think about what that did to Dudley so much as you've overstepped a bound and now now you've you've given them kind of a reason to be justifiably antagonistic towards wizards or like anti-wizard because you've come into their like space basically and, you know, performed magic and they don't have, the, you know, the same, you know, the magic is my thing. Like you've mm-hmm. shown your dominance over them in a way that they don't have an equal reaction to. But this, and it's just one sentence too. And that's so, it's what's so it's like really interesting sad. about like It's really it's, sad. Yeah. And, you, yeah. and, it, and it made me think too, when I was reading it, I was like, I didn't even think about Dudley and what Dudley felt like or the after effects of like having to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and like, having this pigtail when you're about to start school and like having like a, a dis a disformity that, you know, like he could hide it. Obviously he could wear pants or something, but he knows it's there and like, it's traumatic. Yeah. And so like, yeah, like uh, Portia said, it was like his, she cracked up before, but like his PTSD isn't as funny now. And um, she also said it, it shows how underdeveloped Hagrid's magic was compounded by that broken wand. Um, and now he's a teacher, but you know, we're not at Hogwarts yet. We're getting, the we're getting back to that. <laughs> <laughs> and the Weasleys have developed magic. Oh, and man. lunch was an almost silent meal. Dudley didn't even protest at the food, cottage cheese, and grated celery. So, one, this On is Petunia, not. Food. Sorry, I just no. need to let people, like, no. He had grapefruit for breakfast, and now he's just going to eat some celery and some cottage cheese. Like, celery literally has like, no nutritional value either. Like, he has, he's not eating anything. Celery is all water. Like, I mean, I guess it has the nutritional value of like keeping you hydrated. Like, but give him some like whole wheat pasta or something. Like, give him <laughs> right? some like God. Like, make you make him a salad and put some like protein. Yes. He's had no protein. Give no him protein. some nuts, some some beans, something. like something to fill. And I and like one of the things is like people will tell you when you eat celery, it's just kind of the motion of eating. But it, you lose calories eating celery because the chewing <laughs> is more calories than the celery. Like there, there is no, there's nothing there for him. So yeah, Aunt Petunia's not eating at all. Uncle Vernon is like barking out different things as he thinks about it. They'll be driving, of course. Uncle Vernon barked across the table. Er, said Harry, because um, he's not sure and they don't have a car. Um, he hadn't thought of that. How were the Weasleys going to pick him up? They didn't have a car anymore. We know the car is in the Forbidden Forest. And Mr. Weasley had borrowed a Ministry of Magic car last year, but he probably would, or possibly could he do the same today. I think so, said Harry. Uncle Vernon snorted in his in his mustache. Normally, Uncle Vernon would have asked what car Mr. Weasley drove. He tended to judge other men on how big and expensive their cars were, but he doubted whether Uncle Vernon would have taken 
to Mr. Weasley, even if he drove a Ferrari. I think that that's so interesting because it is like a very like male thing about like my dad is obsessed with cars. Like he there there was a time when I was growing up where no joke. Every time my dad came home, we were like, is he going to be in the same car? Cause he <laughs> like, he went through cars so fast. I mean, I don't know if my mom has ever told you this, but when she first like married my dad, like she was like so confused because of you, <laughs> because of your dad. Like she was just like, she thought that like all dudes were in the cars the way that her brother my was. Dad. And she was just like, is there something wrong with you? Like, why don't you like, <laughs> like, you're not into cars like this? Like, cause my dad's car is a mess, like always. And he like, it'll be broken down. He won't get a fix for like years. Actually, <laughs> we just, we've yep. had just like bum cars in our garage for years, two different ones. Um, yep. And yeah, so my mom has always been like, what? And my, and my dad is not only like, he, for pleasure, washes car, like washes his car. Mm-hmm. And then he'll wash my mom's car. And then sometimes our family, because we, we live in like a weird little like cult of, I have, I think I said all like. All our family members live in like the same block. <laughs> we live in this, we, we all live like on the same block. I, why do you think I moved to Oakland? Like <laughs> I needed some separation. Like we have at least five cousins within like a mile whose house I can walk to and they will drive up and he'll wash their car too. And it's just calming for him. My brother is like your dad. My brother does not care. He'll have a, like a dent in his car for months. And my dad just looks heart like crestfallen about it. (laughs) But I don't know if he judges their, like, I know, I know he doesn't judge people's worth on like based on their cars. But he does, he does, like, look at them, like, how are you just not, you just not going to get that fixed? Like, so you just the type of person that just, you just not going to get that fixed? Like, whether it was, like, a Ferrari or a Toyota Corolla or whatever, he would just, but there's a scratch there, or, but your windows are dirty, like, mm-hmm. so, you know. So it's interesting, because when I, when I read this, it reads very true to me, but it's also very sad, because it kind of is, like, that whole stereotype about, like, women, and, like, women won't talk to you if you don't have a good car, or whatever that is. I mean, it's a little, it's really elitist, and so it's just, like, it fits in with the character of Vernon. Um, but it's, uh, it's a weird, it's a weird faux elitism. It's the kind of elitism, like, it's, like, I know... <laughs> The CEO of my the last company I worked for is a millionaire, like a multi a millionaire multiple times over, and he drove a Honda Accord. Some people just don't like. He's like, it works, it's nice, mm-hmm. and like he gets, he will just get a new Honda Accord. Whereas another the other founder, because we had multiple founders, he drove a Tesla, and it was all like tricked out or whatever. And it's just a matter of like what you value. Mm-hmm. Because you can, like, what your car looks like doesn't, or what kind of car you have, doesn't actually give you any real insight into, like, that person's net worth or their status or whatever. Um, And I know that, too, from living in L.A. And I would, like, look around and people would be driving luxury cars living in, like, illegal tenement houses. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're, like, barely even, like, not even studio apartments, but, like, junior studios or whatever those things are. You know what I mean? Like, not even real apartments. Because if they drove around with a nice car, then you think that they're balling hmm. but you know what i mean yeah yeah so it's kind of a faux it's it's a it's a it's all very surface and like yeah yeah it's very surface totally superficial okay so harry spent most of the afternoon in his bedroom um he couldn't stand watching opportunity appear out through the net curtains every few seconds as though there had been a warning about an escaped rhinoceros um finally at a quarter past five harry went back down the stairs 
Um, five o'clock came and went. Uncle Vernon, perspiring slightly in his suit, opened the front door, peered up and down the street, and withdrew his head quickly. They're late, he snarled at Harry. I know, said Harry, maybe the traffic's bad or something. So time keeps passing. Um, and Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia are like just irritated. No consideration at all. We might have, they'll take the boy and go. There'll be no hanging around. That's if they're coming at all. Probably mistaken the day. I dare say their kind don't set much store by punctuality, which really hit me hard as like a black person really quickly. <laughs> and like, because <laughs> we're never on time. So I was like racist, but also like, I mean, yeah um either that that's or, one thing about like i hate though that i feed into that stereotype so i am never yeah you are you're like on time when i try african time and like this is not some like weird <laughs> no like this is like from experience right so like i went to ghana about two years ago um a little over two years ago and it was like all of, all black people. It was like all of us were black. And we went to Ghana. And, you know, when people say, it was like every morning they'd be like, all right, we're going to be out by, by 8 o'clock. So y'all got to be ready by 8. And we're like, all right, fam. All right. We're like, okay, 8.15 and we'll be fine. You know what I mean? Because it's like we're middle mm-hmm. black people. There's always, there is like CPT. That's, it's a thing. It's we, a thing. We know that. Like everybody knows that. My dad, this is kind of a sidebar. He like, he'll be like. He thinks that you, it's time that we have to leave when it's time to actually be at the place that we're getting to. That's always been a thing. He'll like make a smoothie last minute. I we're have running late that. and he'll be like, oh, I need to make a smoothie real quick. And we're all sitting there like in the car, like, dude, um, we got to go. Anyway, um, back to the original story. So we're thinking seven. like, you can't you're, we're seven. saying 8 p. you're saying 8 a.m. We're like, yes, we get it 8 a.m. And they're like super stressing it. We're like, yes, 8 a.m. We'll be ready. We'll be there. And then we're like, all right, cool. And then we get out maybe like 8.15 because that's what's going on. I swear to God, at least twice, we did not leave until noon. And all of us are up and ready. And they were stressing the night before that we had to be out and had to be ready at this time. Four hours later, it's time. Like, it was a It was weird. It was like, okay, so we, you know what I mean? Because you're used to it at a certain point. And then you're like, oh, this is this it's is a whole other thing. level. Okay. I'm, I am, I mean, probably that bad. I don't know if I'm four hours, but I do know for a fact that like your stepdad had like family over once and they were going to make dinner and it was already late. Like we had a long mm-hmm. day and they were going to make dinner and it was like two in the morning <laughs> time dinner was made. And I was like, yeah, I'm at the, I was at the point where I think I was like looking at you like, am I, the, am I so hungry that I will stay up until this is done? <laughs> Or should I just go to bed? Like, but I was like, I was so hungry. And we were like, all right, y'all are making dinner. Like, we're going to make dinner, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it was delicious at breakfast the next morning when right. I woke up <laughs> and had leftovers. But yeah, I, I think that that's funny because there's another component to this, which is that the Weasleys are a large family and that's a lot of logistics. And we saw that like the year before when Harry was at the borough going, getting ready to go to, um, the train that was chamber secret that was chamber of secret and we see just in general like knowing what it comes like to come from like a bigger family i actually my immediate family is not big but you wouldn't know it by all the people that my mother has adopted <laughs> it's just a lot of people to wrangle and get to a place at a certain time for the dursleys it's like two things it's like yeah it's kind of at when it gets to like half past like yeah okay you're 30 minutes like that's rude i've done it multiple times I'm apologized and I feel worse about it than you actually do, even if you don't believe me. 
But to them, for most of their life, it's like the two of them and Dudley, because you know they keep it hairy under the stairs, so he don't count. So it's much easier to get to a place on time. Mm-hmm. You just have to worry about like the one kid. And Dudley, as terrible as he is, is not a Fred and a George. So you know what I mean? Like they don't know that, but we do, and it's something to like take into consideration as well. Totally. So there's so, a big bang. So he said, I dare say their kind don't take much store by punctuality. Either that or they drive some Tim Pot car that's broken down. Ah, I'm not good at yelling, but it's cool. Um, arg! Arg. I'm great at it. It's a peg leg. Harry jumped up. From the other side of the living room door came sounds of three Dursleys scrambling, panic-stricken across the room. Next moment, Dudley came flying into the hall looking terrified. What happened, said Harry. What's the matter? But Dudley didn't seem to be able to squeak. Hands still clamped over his buttocks. He waddled as fast as he could into the kitchen. Um, Harry hurried into the living room. That was kind of funny. I don't know. It just made me sad again. <laughs> I mean, I'm really glad Dudley goes back to being an asshole in the ne- at the beginning of the next book. And then I'm just like, all right. Loud bang- bangings and scrapings were coming from behind the Dursleys boarded up fireplace, which had a coal, had a fake coal fire plugged in front of it. What is that? Gasped Opportunia. What is it, Vernon? But they were left in doubt barely a second longer. Voices could be heard from inside the blocked fireplace. Ouch, Fred, no, go back, go back. There's been been some kind of mistake. Tell George not to, ouch, George, no, there's no room. Go back quickly and tell Ron. Um, maybe Harry can hear us, dad. Maybe he'll be able to let us out. So they're like trying to get Harry. What's this, said Uncle Vernon, what's going on? They've tried to get here by food powder, said Harry, um, fighting the mad desire to laugh. They can travel by fire, only you've blocked the fireplace. Hang on. Um... Mr. Weasley, can you hear me? It's Harry. The fireplace has been blocked up. You won't be able to get through there. Damn, said Mr. Ver- Mr. Weasley's voice. What on earth did they want to block the fireplace for? They've got an electric fire. Really? Eclectic, you say? With a plug? Gracious, I must see that. Let's think. Ouch, Ron. Um, so yeah, so Ron comes in, uh, appears. Wait, wait, wait. And he says... Wait, I'm so sorry. Oh, but oh. when you said with a plug, why was that Aminata? Oh, really? With a pug? <laughs> I was like, whoa, is she here? She followed me. That was, you sounded just like her. You mean she sounds Sorry. like me? Um, mm, um, I don't think so. I've been around this earth 18 years longer than she has, so. But you don't carry as much, you don't take up as much space as she does. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are we doing here? Has something gone wrong? Oh no, Ron, said Fred's voice sarcastically. No, this is exactly where we wanted to end up. Yeah, we're having the time of our lives here, said George. Um, so Mr. Weasley tells Harry to stand back. Um, Harry retreats to the sofa. Uncle Vernon, however, moved forward like a dumbass. Um, Wait a moment, he bellowed at the fire. What exactly are you going to bang? Um, the electric fire shot across the room at, as the boarded up fireplace burst outward, expelling Mr. Weasley, Fred, George, and Ron in a cloud of rubble and loose chippings. Aunt Petunia shrieked and fell backward over the coffee table. Uncle Vernon caught her before she hit the ground and gaped speechless at the Weasleys, all of whom had bright red, red hair, including Fred and George, who are identical to the last freckle. Um, that's better, panted, panted Mr. Weasley. Ah, you must be Harry and Harry's aunt and uncle. Um, he moved towards Uncle Vernon, his hand outstretched, which is hilarious because you just blew up their living room. <laughs> and he's like, I also like I 
I think it's really cartoonish, but I feel like even in Wizard, the Wizarding world, like, and I know that he can fix it or whatever. I still feel like it's that's super rude. rude. It's rude. <laughs> it really is, and that's why it's so funny. They have to an me. Like fire. that's it's, why it's so funny. Their fireplace is blocked, which means you need to do something else. The fireplace is blocked. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever. I'm gonna blow it up. <laughs> And get where I need to go. Dude, it's like, it's really, but it's like so Weasley. Like, it's such a like Weasley it's type so entrance. Weasley. It's like really great. Um, it's super rude though, but it's hilarious. And especially because then he's like, hi, like, nice to meet you. It's like, dude, you literally, yeah. like, we just got rubble everywhere, <laughs> ashes falling, Jaring the crap out ass of explosion. Portia's um, like, but they can fix it though. But that's not the point, Portia. <laughs> That's not the point. You're missing the point. The point is that they fireplace is blocked up. Brandon's making new like magic. She says. <laughs> fireplace is blocked up. They didn't want people using the fireplace. It's blocked. And then for someone who's as like as much of a neat freak for as real, Petunia. That is like when I put my number on the. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh God. But that is for real. Like when you put your number on like the do not call list and then you still get people calling and you're like, but I, or when you unsubscribe mm-hmm. and then you get that second email, like you sure? Like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't come over here. <laughs> okay, words had utterly. Push over here, still being like, it's okay because they I got mean, magic. That's not, not the point. It's not. It's okay because it's the Dursleys, <laughs> to be honest. Words utterly <laughs> fell Uncle Vernon. His best suit was covered in white dust, which had settled in his hair and mustache and made him look as though he had just aged 30 years. Uh, yes, sorry about that, said Mr. Weasley. It's all my fault. It just didn't occur to me that we wouldn't be able to get out the other end. I had your fireplace collected, connected to the flu network, you see, just for an afternoon, you know, so we could get Harry. Muggle fireplaces aren't supposed to be connected, strictly speaking, but I've got a useful contact at the flu regulation panel, and he fixed it for me. I can put it right in the jiffy, though. Don't worry. I'll light a fire to send the boys back, and then I can repair your fireplace before I disapparate. Um, Harry was ready to bet that the Dursleys didn't understand a single word of this. They were still gaping at Mr. Weasley, thunderstruck. Aunt Petunia staggered upright again and hid behind Uncle Vernon. Hello, Harry, said Mr. Weasley. Got your trunk ready? It's upstairs, said Harry, grinning back. We'll get it, said Fred at once. Um, They knew where Harry's bedroom was, having once rescued him from it in the dead of the night. So they, like, go upstairs. Um, Harry suspects that Fred and George were hoping for a glimpse of Dudley. They had heard a lot about him from Harry. Um, Well... Very nice place you've got here, says Mr. Weasley, world's worst small talker. That was just a bad, yep. bad look. Um, but as the usually spotless place was covered in dust and bits of brick, this remark didn't go down too well with the Dursleys. Uncle Vernon's purple face, face purpled once more, and Aunt Petunia started chewing her tongue again. However, they seemed too scared to I wonder if they're anything. having Hagrid flashbacks as well. I think they are. I think, like, this is all, this all stems from, like, their immediate reaction or immediate, their first interaction with Hagrid, which, even though they were completely in the wrong, like, he came at them with anger, mm-hmm. you know? And so he was, like, and then he gave their son a pigtail. So they're, like, we don't want to say anything because at least we offend you and we all end up with mm-hmm. pigtails. But also, <clears throat> I think they're also just kind of dumbfounded because Arthur... It's so right. cheery. So cheery. Right. Yeah. He's, it's a little, it's a little off-putting at this point. Um, so Mr. Weasley was looking yeah. around. He loved everything to do with muggles. Harry could see him itching to go and examine the television and the video recorder. They run off 
Ecotricity, don't they? He said knowledgeably. Ah, yes, I can see the plugs. I collect plugs, he added to Uncle Vernon, and batteries. Got a very large connection of batteries. My wife thinks I'm mad, but there you are. Um, Uncle Vernon clearly thought Mr. Weasley was mad too. Um, he moved ever so slightly to the right, screening Opportunia from view as though he thought Mr. Weasley might suddenly run at them and attack. Dudley suddenly reappeared um, because the sounds that he heard above um, in Harry's room scared him out of the kitchen. Dudley edged along the wall, gazing at Mr. Weasley with terrified eyes and attempted to conceal himself behind his mother and father. Unfortunately, Uncle Vernon's bulk, while sufficient to hide bony Opportunia, was nowhere near enough to conceal Dudley. Uh, this is your cousin, is it, Harry? Yep, that's Dudley. Um, from the tone of Mr. Weasley's voice when he next spoke, Harry was quite sure that Mr. Weasley thought Dudley was quite as mad as the Dursley thought he was, except Mr. Weasley felt sympathy rather than fear. Having a good holiday, Dudley, he asked, he said kindly. Dudley whimpered. Harry saw his hands tighter, tighten still harder over his massive backside. Um... Yeah, I, it's it's funny and it's awkward. Yeah, yeah, it's just super awkward. And I really, really, really wish we had gotten to see this on screen. I do too. I think too because, I mean, we're about to get to peak twin right now, but we only see the Dursleys in mm-hmm. a particular light of abusing Harry. And we only see them interact with Harry and then Hagrid the one time until the Dementor. Yeah. In order yeah. To, I'm just talking about the movies. Um, yeah, but he just has Hagrid and then the mentor. And I think, yeah, it, right. yeah, and I think that there's something to seeing a well-intentioned meeting go mm-hmm. badly. You know what I mean? As opposed to like, I think Hagrid was well-intentioned, but like he he was angry. Like the Weasleys come in knowing exactly what to expect from the Dursleys, and they're right. trying, but right. the difference is they're just like too much to overcome. Plus, as Jeremy just said, "Don't talk to me like we're cool after you blew up my pudding list." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah you know what i mean like it's true so i think that there it would have been really great to see so many um, great actors also in that like it always makes me mad yeah. that they open like they i mean they open with like the riddle house and then they skip like three or four chapters and i'm just like but the weasels and the dursleys are such a good and it's like you know it's part of the movies getting darker as they like mature but it like takes out mm-hmm. the humor um more than was necessary i think yeah and i think and i think too in the dark in the darkness of the movies mm-hmm. you still need that humor like we're we this in the in the darkest yeah. darkness I mean, of all yeah. time we watched that's actually some why Kelly, we did do that you that need to but um <laughs> that's actually why i like half-blood prince a lot is because despite like all of the darkness going on and talking about horcruxes and voldemort as a kid and all this kind of stuff but then they get like a lot of humor um especially daniel radcliffe was in like he was really like in his stride in that movie yeah. um and there's just like and rupert grant too actually like they they just did it was like much more it flowed a lot better um, from humor to like the darkness of it but that's kind of what all of the books are like and so it didn't necessarily translate in the movies like that all the time yeah and um Portia brings up a good point too that it's also just the Weasleys versus Dursley scene is just a good juxtaposition of the families mm-hmm. in Harry's life and he has these two families Ugh, you know what I just got mad at you again Who, me? and you're a bitch Why? I just had a flashback to London the house that he should have grown up in versus the house he actually grew up in. Okay, except... Never mind. 
Except we're talking about the- They're dead! Okay, the except- The hot beat no more! So. It was just so many emotions there. You're all- you're Okay, all so Fred and George come back into the room carrying Harry's school trunk. Um, they glanced around as they entered and spotted Dudley. Their faces cracked into identical evil grins. All right, said Mr. Weasley. You better get cracking then. Um, he pushed up the sleeve of his robes and took out his wand. Uh, the Dursleys drew back against the wall as one. Incendio, said Mr. Weasley, pointing his wand at the hole in the wall behind him. Flames rose in the fireplace, crackling merrily as though they had been burning for hours. Um, Mr. Weasley took out some flu powder. Off you go then, Fred, said Mr. Weasley. Coming. Oh no, hang on. A bag of sweets had spilled out of Fred's pocket and the contents were now rolling in every direction. Big fat toffees and brightly colored wrappers. Um, Fred scrambled around, cramming them back in his pockets, then gave the Dursleys a cheery wave, stepped forward, and walked right into the fire, saying, The burrow. Um, so there's a whooshing sound, and Fred vanishes. Right then, George, you in the trunk. Um, Harry helps George get into the fireplace with the trunk. Then with the second whoosh, George cried the burrow and disappeared. Um, then Ron goes, and then um, it's Harry's turn. Well, by then... The Dursleys didn't say anything at all. Harry moved toward the fire, but just as he had reached the edge of the hearth, Mr. Weasley put out a hand and held him back. He was looking at the Dursleys in amazement. Harry said goodbye to you. Didn't you hear him? Um, it doesn't matter, Harry said. Honestly, I don't care. Harry did not remove his hand from Harry's shoulder. Mr. Weasley, sorry, did not remove his hand from Harry's shoulder. You aren't going to see your nephew till next summer, he told Mr. He told um, Uncle Vernon in mild indignation. Surely you're going to say goodbye. Um, Uncle Vernon's face worked furiously. The idea of being taught consideration by a man who had just blasted away half his living room wall seemed to be causing him intense suffering. But Mr. Weasley's wand was still in his hand and Uncle Vernon's tiny eyes darted to it at once before he said very resentfully, goodbye then. See you, said Harry. Um, so yeah, just like before we get into what happens next, um, that part is really interesting and it actually it like, it comes up again, I think in the beginning of Deathly Hollows. Um, and it's like, the Dursleys like really do not like Harry. Like they have, and it's, they just have like a deep hatred for him and it's strange. Um, and like unfortunate and then mr weasley is like dude you're really not gonna say goodbye to your nephew also though it's like, also mind-boggling because if you're looking at it from an outside perspective which mr weasley is like harry is such a like genuinely good and decent kid that he's saying goodbye to people that like hate him yeah, like, yeah. and he just like he just it's because it's polite and he has manners he knows where the hell he got them from i, really I just it boggles know. the mind where he got these manners from but like you would, you're just. It's kind of like the like when they go to the zoo in um, Sorcerer's Stone, and the woman is like, "Oh, what, you're not gonna get the kid, like you got them ice cream, but then this little boy, oh, mm -hmm. so you just, you know what I mean?" And it's like he's not. And this is what I always wondered about, like Dudley, and we, the Dementor, I think, kind of like heeds this more. But Dudley sees, like he sees, like how his parents treat Harry, and okay, so he follows along in that. But, like, he sees Harry much more than, like, their parents do because they went to school together. Mm -hmm. And Harry is a genuinely, like, sweet kid. And so when, you, when you're younger and 11 or whatever, it's fine. It's, e it's easy to understand why you would pick on someone like that. Like, you know, in baggy clothes or whatever, and your parents don't like him and he's weird. But as they start to get more into the withers are scary and will do bad things, you know, like... 
because what that's what they have kind of here with like Hagrid giving you a pigtail and then the Weasleys blowing up your living room um, and Dobby <laughs> doing Dobby things, even though they think Harry did that. Dudley sees Harry year in and year out not do what he could do to you know what I mean like even yeah like even though they know like oh you can't do magic outside of school or you'll get in trouble that didn't stop Hagrid a full-grown man from giving you a pigtail so like you still poke at Harry and he does not retaliate like how do you reconcile that after a certain age you know what I mean like oh so you're just like a nice person well I think that like he hasn't been asked to do that. He doesn't know how to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's, um, and I think it's just an interesting thing. I kind of, if you, if you, if I think about it too much, a little bit of a plot hole in the books, which is that nature versus nurture thing, because Harry naturally is very sweet and has manners. And then Dudley, through nurture, is not <laughs> and selfish and, right, you know, and has, like, all of these problems. But The thing is, is, like, Dudley at the core of yeah. him is a bully, at least at this point. Um, because, you know what I mean? Like, even when he's not, even when Harry's not around, Dudley is bullying someone who is weaker than him. So it's it's not really a, a Harry thing where he's like, oh, you're actually a nice dude. I'll not, like... He takes Harry's niceness as, like, really a week. That's the point. That's... That Yeah, he doesn't care about Harry either way. So that's not really the thing that would change his feelings about him. You know what I mean? I think also like he's at this point, he's 14. It's not like he's seven and saw, oh, Harry's actually like nice. Harry, they've been together for all this time. Like, I just don't think that. Um, yeah, I don't at this point. Like, it's it doesn't feel like a plot. Yeah, unfortunately, said something that I don't want in my life, but she said he's it. He's a bully. Um, that just reminded me about how oppressors keep being horrible to the oppressed, half expecting them to return the same behavior and not knowing how to act when they don't. And that's so true, right? Because yep. But the whole time being terrified that they will. That they will, right. And we get that a lot with, like, even because um, I was listening to A Seat at the Table for Patronus Fuel, and Miss Tina. That's all I listen to now. Yeah, and what Miss Tina taught me when she says, like, you... It's not, we're not denigrating white culture. It's just that we're celebrating our own culture. We don't think it's bad. We don't, we don't think it has nothing to do with celebrating black culture. Like, it doesn't mean that white culture is less than. It doesn't mean anything else except for, like, I see the beauty and the power and the majesty in being black, and I want to celebrate that. And we, you get that a lot, like, in life. And so I do agree with you that, I, that at your, the core of it is the bully versus the bullied or the oppressed versus the oppressor and that like thinking that if the shoe were on the other foot that person would behave the same way Mm -hmm. when that is not true you know like because as we see in Harry's life when Harry goes to Hogwarts it's very easy for him to become the bully but he doesn't um okay Mr. Weasley stands up to the Dursleys for common decency and they begrudgingly say goodbye to Harry and as he's about to step into the fire they hear um, Petunia starts Dudley was no longer standing behind his parents. He was kneeling beside the coffee table, gagging and sputtering on a long, on a foot long purple slimy thing that was protruding from his mouth. One bewildered second later, Harry realized that the foot long thing was Dudley's tongue, and that a brightly colored toffee wrapper lay on the floor before him. And Petunia hurled herself onto the ground beside Dudley, seized the end of his swollen tongue, and attempted to wrench it out of his mouth. Unsurprisingly, Dudley yelled and sputtered worse than ever, trying to fight her off. Uncle Vernon was bellowing and waving his arms around, and Mr. Weasley had to shout to make himself hurt. Not to worry, I can sort him out. But, and Petunia screamed worse than ever and threw herself on top of Dudley, shielding him from Mr. Weasley. No, really, it's a simple process. 
It wasn't the toffee. My son George, or my son Fred, real practical joker, but it's only an engorgement charm, at least. I think it is. Please, I can correct it. Far from being reassured, the Dursleys became more panic-stricken. Um, Petunia was sobbing, tugging Dudley's tongue as though determined to rip it out. Dudley appeared to be suffocating under the confined pressure of his mother and his tongue, and Uncle Vernon, who had lost control completely, seized a china figure from the top of the sideboard and threw it very hard at Mr. Weasley, who ducked, causing the ornament to shatter in the plastic fireplace. Now, really, said Mr. Weasley angrily, I'm trying to help. Um, so a couple things. One, like the fact that Fred and George took advantage of knowing that Dudley was on this diet um, and would jump at the first sight of seeing uh, some a piece of candy somewhere. Um, that's like fucked up. It is. Also, if you were feeding the damn child, he wouldn't be having all this. <laughs> like. <laughs> You wouldn't be so desperate as to be crawling on the floor, picking up a left, just a dropped toffee. Like, come on, fam. And toffee is like not even a good. It's not filling. It doesn't do anything. It's not, no, he's still about, I'm not even talking about filling. Like to me, toffee is old people candy. Like I went to this with grandma because gra- our grandmother, our shared grandmother is always bringing around these candy. Like anybody want Yo, any of that? Always. Ain't nobody wants always. that grandma. She's like, I stopped and got some treats. She's like, I got some. And hey. it's just like these little lollipop things. Ami loves them, but that's just because they're sweet and it's candy. But yeah and nobody wants like, that grandma like where is where is the crunch where bar? is c's like didn't see c's is pretty much i used to go and get free samples i used to walk in i was really good at this there used to be one at uh bay street mall and so you would we would walk in and you get the free sample and then you look around like you're looking for something and then you dip like all casual yeah but okay. you got a few pieces of chocolate um but it's c's candy though Ain't nobody wants that after a certain time period. Well, I mean, that's why they don't have a lot of stores anymore. At least I don't know. I feel like our I've grandmother seen. single-handedly. She's <laughs> she finds she them anywhere. She'd be, no matter where she at, I got these candy, though. <laughs> like, all right, Grand. <laughs> so, Portia adds... In the end, this is what makes Harry a much better character than Voldemort, Malfoy, or even Dumbledore. For the greater good, magic is my um, argument. Because he realizes he wields as a, a much greater power than his muggle family could ever hope. And instead of seeking revenge, which I could see the other characters doing, he doesn't. In fact, he saves Dudley when confronted with the creature that scares him the most. I, I think definitely when you compare that to how Voldemort goes after mm-hmm. his muggle family, um, which we hear about. That is definitely a good, like, op- opposition, whatever. I don't know that word. But I think, I don't know if it makes him a better character than Voldemort or Malfoy or, the Dumbledore, or Dumbledore. I think what it does, though, is, because I, I do think that there is something to, um, not, definitely he's better than Voldemort and Malfoy's not, like, saying that. But I do think that there's something to, um, using what you have to protect yourself mm-hmm. and um harry gets better at that like he and he we've already seen it like he's he's not using magic but he's using the threat of magic to protect himself 
Um, he wanted to go to the World, the World Cup, and he's using Sirius as the way to do that. And so he doesn't go into, like, Voldemort doesn't even give you the chance to give it, like, he's just like, Avada Kedavra. Like, you gotta die. Um, so Harry still is using magic, even though he's not using, like, the, he's using the threat of magic, which is basically the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, he uses it in, in, um, in moderation and in a, much more chill fashion than the other three that you mentioned, but he uses it. Um, okay. Bellowing like a wounded hippo, Uncle Vernon snatched up another ornament. Isn't this the second wounded hippo in the, no, the chapter? A rhinoceros. A yeah. So, but it's so um, weird. Yeah. Harry, go, just go, Mr. Weasley shouted. I'll sort this out. Um, Harry didn't want to miss the fun, but Uncle Vernon's second ornament narrowly missed his left ear, and on balance, he thought it best to leave the situation to Mr. Weasley. Um, he stepped into the fire, looking over his shoulder as he said, "The burrow." His man, you need to get. You know, this is the second time you've been in the flu powder. You need to have your focus together. You gonna end up in like alternate universe, like dark burrow, like right, <laughs> the darkest timeline. She's gonna like, be. Oh shit! Where I was, am I? I was thinking of the. Nina Philly, I don't know. They don't they don't name their house, do they? But like the Love Goods house, which is oh, like yeah. around the corner or something, which would still be a cool place and we would get Luna earlier. That's true. That is very true. Um that's a better case scenario than Yeah, than Malfoy um, <laughs> His last fleeting glimpse of the living room was that um was of Mr. Weasley blasting a third ornament out of Uncle Vernon's hand with his wand. Opportunia screaming and lying on top of Dudley and Dudley's tongue lolling out like a great slimy python. But next moment, Harry had begun to spin very fast and the Dursley's living room was whipped out of sight in a rush of emerald green uh, flames. Um, and that's the end of the chapter because that's a, a short a chapter, one. but it's a, it's a great chapter. It's a got, there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, mm-hmm. A lot in these short pages. So, um, who MVP is... Yes, your MVP. Um, Arthur is my MVP. Um, I mean, I know he blasted their living room open or whatever, but like also he's the only one who was able to keep a calm head in that situation. Um, he's also coming to take Harry away from the Dursleys, so that's always a plus. Um, yeah, I mean, and then having to deal with ramifications of his son's like actions. It it was we always knew it wasn't gonna go. <laughs> like well you know what I mean like yeah. there was no way it was just gonna be like a successful um meeting Interaction. but also like yeah. yeah Arthur made the best of what he could yeah out of a out of a kind of doomed situation <laughs> there yeah it was it was doomed from from the beginning but he I I agree um Portia also has Arthur as the MVP mm-hmm. um, and I ha- I, I kind of want you to say who's bench before I do my MVP okay. but yeah so if you want to so okay yeah so I benched um, Fred and George which I really didn't want to because y'all know like I love Fred and George they're some of my favorite characters <laughs> and so after I finished like reading this chapter I was really just sitting there like 
okay, like, you know what I mean? Like, part of me was like, bench the dirt, please, Bayana, you can do it. And then I was like, <laughs> but, but actually, though, um, this book is really interesting in that, um, at least like the beginning, uh, and I don't know whether this was done on purpose, it kind of feels like it wasn't. Um, these first couple chapters actually make me, and it's more just Dudley, it makes me feel bad for Dudley much more than the past books have. Mm -hmm. Um, the past books, I'm like, nah, he's an asshole, he's a bully, he's just like, all these things he's been taught, like, by his parents. Um, but these particular chapters kind of, like, he's kind of going through it in a way where he doesn't even have time to be a bully and to be, like, an asshole. He's just, like, starving and trying to figure out why his parents hate him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like His whole life is turned upside down. And, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and then, and so, yeah, so it's just kind of, like, and I don't think that that was the original, like, intent of those chapters. I think that it was supposed to continue the whole, like, the, the Dursleys are terrible. Mm -hmm. And look at Dudley. He's, like, so fat, which is, like, problematic um but that was supposed to be a way to kind of like keep demonstrating how he's like not a great kid um and how he's like greedy and spoiled or whatever um but and I think that as a kid that still did it did the same thing for me that like the other books of uh, the other the previous books did mm -hmm. but this time it didn't I was just like this seems kind of just like like a problem, problem. um, um. And so, and so that's, that's why, why I ended up benching Fred and George because they like kind of took advantage. Like we, I know that like Fred is the one who actually dropped the candies, but you know they were up there like yeah, figuring it like, out, like plotting and like okay, this is what we're gonna do when they when he when they walked in with the trunk and saw Dudley, both of them grinned like they were in on it together. Fred have been may have been the one to like physically do it, but they both did it. Um, and so I think that like while I didn't want to I think that like in this particular moment they were just being mean and it wasn't really like it wasn't funny um as a kid it was hilarious and yeah. I was like haha that's what Dudley gets but now I'm like what did Dudley actually do and the answer is nothing especially given how like traumatized he is from his last encounter yeah um so I want to go so. back into the uh Patronuses um so Portia made Arthur the MVP and Jeremy also um, said Arthur after he steps into the after he steps into the sitting room because he sucks for blowing it up in the first place, but everything he did post blowing up the sitting room was MVP. Right. Um, Jeremy also benched Fred and George for torturing a kid who had never had a good experience with wizards, and they're fueling that hate in the Dursleys. Um, and Portia also benches the twins, and she says, "Is it just me, or is Fred the meaner twin?" Um, He's more yeah, all the stories are like Fred did yeah. this thing. <laughs> but I and which is really funny because I was at at LeakyCon and I'm pretty sure someone who was giving a like a talk about bullying um, also made a note that like Fred was also like the better twin, like the are the twin, the George was the better twin, but Fred was the more like charismatic twin. Mm. Um, but we will see, I think, in this book in particular this problematic thing with the twins, which is, and I think it is like worse for Dudley because they don't even stick around. Right. Oh, one real quick. Portia also benched Dudley for taking candy from strangers, which uh, is real. Which, that is real. That's real. Especially magical ones because you yeah. have had both times he got, he took sausages from Hagrid without asking and got a pig's tail. 
and then he took toffee from I don't Wizards. think he did anything actually no he did he, he reached for the sausages no did or he? no he ate the cake because I know in the movie he was eating the cake and that's no, why Hagrid it, did it but in the book I'm pretty sure he was just mad at Vernon and then hit and hit Dudley with the pigs I don't think Dudley was actually like, okay in anything I'll have to like look the doctor but I feel like I might I'm I'm totally okay with the idea that I conflated the book and the movie um so I wanted you guys to do your MVPs and bench first because my MVP is all of the Weasley boys, Arthur, Fred, George, and Ron. Um, he stole a sausage. Portia said he stole a sausage and that's why he got. He did. Okay. I mean, I can go grab my book real quick, but I'm pretty sure he stole it. Like he was like, you don't I need I just couldn't anymore. remember. And for some reason I know it was, I know it was different. Yeah. In the book. So that's why I wasn't, um, I just can't, I don't, I don't think he did because I feel like Dudley was looking at it and Petunia was like, don't take any, don't like take anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause he's, a, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be right back. I'm sorry. It's going to bother me. <laughs> One second. I'm going to do it too. So it's cool. Um, she's going to go grab the book so that we can get to the bottom of Pigtail Gate, 1999, 2000, 2001. Pigtail Gate, 2001. I was trying not to. All right. Um, we're, I, but... I, we're getting to the bottom of it. You said what? I said you got to go grab the book so we could get to the bottom of Pigtail Gate 2001 or 2000. Uh-huh. <sighs> um, oh, yep. It was because, yeah, he only he got that Dudley because Uncle Vernon called Dumbledore a crackpot old fool. But did um, Dudley try to get a sausage when he was? I think. Um, but Petunia stopped sorry, him and said, one second. don't take anything yeah i think he just looked at it yeah and then and then um, Hagrid said he don't need any more fattening up yeah no vernon said it. so dudley fidgeted um when he saw the sausages and uncle vernon said don't touch anything he gives you dudley um and Hagrid was like nobody was offering him anything um but yeah so yeah. dudley didn't actually do anything he was being punished for like his parents being yeah horrible terrible people. um but also i think so, um, I think that I don't want to like, I don't want to condone what the twins did. I do think though, that like every single person, every single one of the Weasley boys in their own way are either standing up for Harry or, um, punishing people who hurt someone that they care about, um, which is not always a good thing, right? Like, I do think that the twins were like, oh, we're about to get Dudley because they know about Dudley. And like Harry mm-hmm. says, like, they were really in- intrigued to, like, like meet him or see him because of the stories that he's told. But also, you know that, like, Harry's asking for food because Dudley's on a diet and, like, Dursley's don't have any. You know what I mean? So it's, like, in their own way, and it's not a good way at all, um, but they're showing their like loyalty to Harry. I think later on in the books, what the twins do with the withered weezes gets very problematic and very bullying because you just can't be experimenting on humans. <laughs> I, mean, you just I don't can't. think that's until order of the Phoenix. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that they were doing it as both, but 
Um, but when they, well. I'm just in general, like the way that the twins go about their pranks sometimes is not. Yeah, no, I think they I, definitely prank people in this one, but yeah. I don't think but they're I think actually prank, experimenting on people until. But I think that like to have a prank means that no one gets hurt. And yeah, no one gets permanently hurt because they're, they're magic, but people suffer due to Weasley twin pranks and that is problematic. So true. I um, said I I, I benched Molly Weasley because why did you send them? Why didn't you go? You sent the twins. That's true. And Arthur. But I don't really think that like, that's mm, Molly's mm, fault. I think that that's Molly and Arthur mm, together. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I think they thought Fred and George should go. I think it. I think it's <laughs> like, both. It's both that was of them. a parental decision. It's a parental um, decision, but I do think that this is blaming someone for me holding them to a higher standard, which is not fair. I hold Molly to a higher standard than I do Arthur because. As we've seen, plugs and electricity, his, his brain gets foggy. He's not in yeah. his right mind. And I mean, I also think that, like, the, um, like, why they even needed to, like, they brought hella kids for no reason. No reason. Like, like you need, you're only going to get Harry and his stuff. Like, yeah. he doesn't have that much stuff. He's one kid. Bring Ron and, like, why didn't, even even still, like, Molly knows how Arthur is about muggles and muggle stuff. So you need to be there to, like, at least apologize for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Percy is, I don't know if Percy still, I don't think Percy lives at home anymore. So, like, maybe that's why it's, like, you no, got to take. No, I think he does. I, okay, good. So, Percy's there. So, Percy could, like, keep the house in order for the hour 30 minutes that you have to go get Harry. I actually think all of them might be there at this point. Yeah, because they're all going to the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like, yes, I'm blaming, I'm I'm holding Molly to a higher standard than I'm holding the rest of the Weasleys to, but she should have just stopped and thought, okay, wait, so I'm sending my muggle-crazed husband to a muggle household. Them two and Ron to get Harry, but, but, I don't know, I, I'm, I disagree, but it's cool, or, like, if they're all there, Arthur and Percy go, like, just, why would you let the twins go? Yeah, the twins shouldn't have been there, there's no reason, you know they wanted to go, and you know how badly they wanted to go, meant they shouldn't have gone, it's like Ron being like, you know, the backup finger for Harry when he tried to get to Hogsmeade. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, Professor. Come on, Professor. And she's like, mm, you that excited? Doesn't need to happen. Yeah. So, um, Portia says that she's glad we're reviewing the twins' behavior in this book because the first read made Hermione seem like she was up in the business for no reason. And now she has more respect for Hermione for speaking up. Um, and they let Fred and George get them or G them, sorry. Um, and she also doesn't think that Molly understands just how weird Arthur is to muggles because she's never really interacted with muggles herself. Um, yeah, I don't think she would be much help there. I don't think... She'd be just as weird. I mean, she wouldn't be as like, I collect plugs. She, you know what I mean? But like, 
it would still be a little... Yeah, I think... It would be different. I think that, you know, she probably thinks he knows more about muggles and he knows how to interact with them. It reminds me But Fred me and of, George wouldn't have done that if Molly had been there. Yeah, they wouldn't have even tried it. I just don't think that Fred and George should have come. And I think that the parents... So maybe Fred, George, and Ron are MVP and Molly and Arthur are benched and they take that L together. I just think that someone should have been like, yo. Yeah. Y'all can't come. <laughs> Um, thank you for listening. Uh, next week we will be discussing chapter five of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Yeah. Uh, make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Um, you can do that by, um, you can use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter. Um, and just let us know you can dm us if you want um you can also use the wizard team facebook group or our black girls nerd out like page or woo black girls create black girls um page um and just like write it there and send it to us um and then i'll update it on the spreadsheet yeah Um, we had um a lot of people like you know it was march to vote but we had a lot of people like in our dms giving us like a rundown list but like why make it that hard on yourself guys just do it as we go. There are 36 chapters in this book. It's not going to be as easy as in the previous books um, to remember. So I would get them in like pretty soon. Um, just like as soon as you finish them. And like if you are behind, um, I know if you're listening to it when this first comes out, you're not behind. But in case you are in the future and for those who come to this episode and are behind, um, if you're on the same book that we're on, regardless of what chapter you're on, you can still vote. Um, because, so the voting is open all the way up until we watch the movie. Um, that's at the end of the book. So if you're on this chapter and we're on chapter like 17 or something, you can still give us your votes from this chapter and we'll count them. Um, it's just that like after we finish 36, um, and we watch the movie. So even if we're on 36 and y'all are on this chapter, give us all of your votes up until now. And then once we watch the movie, then we won't take any more of your votes. But all the ones that you got in before we started the movie are good. They're all the um, um, No voter so suppression here. We want all opportunities. All. Early voting, vote. late voting, absentee ballots. We take it all. Um, yeah. And then any other thoughts that you have? Um, you can use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter, um, and wizard team Facebook, all, all the same places. Just let us know what you think. Um, we love talking about, we just want to talk about Harry Potter with our Harry Potter friends. Basically. The only Patronus thrill that we have right now. The only reason we started this podcast. Yes. Um, thank you guys so much. We will talk to you next week. (laughs)